0: In the mid-2010s, TV personality and ufologist Giorgio Tsoukalos wanted to research a certain hypothesis about Peru's Nazca Lines, one that his mentor, author Eric Von Däniken, had maintained for more than 50 years.
1: It connected some of history's greatest archaeological structures with aliens. So, Giorgio visited the mysterious massive line formation in Peru to view them himself by plane. By the time he left Peru, he was more fired up than ever. He finally had evidence that could prove Eric's argument, and
0: then some. However, Giorgio also came home with a few lingering questions. He knew that if anyone would have more insight, it would be Eric.
1: So Giorgio flew to Switzerland, excited to swap notes and discuss. He regaled Eric with his photographs of the vast line's beauty and his research. Giorgio said he completely agreed with Eric's theory about aliens' relationship to the lines.
0: Then, he asked the question that had been puzzling him throughout the entire flight. What were
1: the aliens looking for?
0: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm
1: your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
0: Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth— You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify.
1: This is our second episode on the Nazca Lines. These mysterious ancient line formations have drawn theorists and archaeologists to Peru for decades trying to uncover their purpose.
0: Last time, we explored how archaeologists rediscovered the Nazca Lines during the modern era. We followed one woman who devoted her life to figuring out how they were made and why.
1: This time, we'll explore several ideas about the lines, ranging from wild alien discussions to a practical desert ritual. Plus, we'll delve into what recent technology has uncovered about the lines and what else might be out there waiting to be discovered.
0: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the Personal Price Plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: The massive Nazca line formations in Peru have captivated archaeologists and researchers for decades. As we talked about last time, Dr. Maria Rieke formed one mainstream idea about how and why they were made.
0: But at the same time, several other experts formed their own fringe explanations, spanning from the bizarre to the mundane. One of the wildest discussions came from Swiss author Eric von Däniken.
1: In the 1960s, Eric became well-known as the forefather of the ancient astronaut theory. The idea proposed that aliens visited our ancestors and imparted onto them the knowledge needed to create some of our greatest earthly treasures.
0: Without these outer space species, humans wouldn't have had the futuristic technology to build the pyramids of Egypt, the giant head-shaped statues of Easter Island, or the Nazca lines.
1: Eric said the roots of his theory stemmed from his childhood. He grew up attending Catholic school, and his religious upbringing gave Eric a deep connection to Christianity and faith in general. But it also gave him the drive to look beyond his education for answers.
0: He didn't leave his religious upbringing and choose a path of atheism or spirituality. Instead, Eric looked to the stars for other signs of life. Even as a child, he believed that aliens were a part of our world. In 1968,
1: he published a book, Chariots of the Gods. In it, he discussed the idea that aliens gave our ancestors their advanced technology
0: to build fantastic formations, like the Nazca Lines. The period's free thinkers and hippies made the book a critically acclaimed sensation. The scientific community, on the other hand, ignored the book's conjecture altogether.
1: But that didn't slow sales. Eric's book leveraged a growing interest in rocket expansion, space flights, and aliens. UFO communities popped up around the country, taking an interest in the Roswell incident as NASA poured billions of dollars into landing a man on the moon. Space and Lifeforms Beyond Earth inspired numerous movies and other books.
0: Around the same time, the U.S. government investigated claims that aliens had visited Earth. A UFO sighting in the late 1940s prompted a 17-year-long inquiry into UFOs in the 1950s and 60s. It was called Project Blue Book and logged more than 12,000 unknown sightings or events.
1: They were all ultimately classified as one of two categories, identified or unidentified and unexplainable. Identified meaning easily explained. A surprising 6% of sightings were found to have insufficient evidence. Officials were unable to rule out the possibility of an alien visitation.
0: So, when Eric started selling his book in 1968, UFO enthusiasts were drawn to it like moths to a flame. And since then, his book has sold millions of copies and inspired countless films. Since 2009, he has been the inspiration behind one of the History Channel's longest-running series, Ancient Aliens.
1: Many of the show's episodes cover the Nazca Lines and prominently feature his mentee, Giorgio Tsoukalos. Tsoukalos traded in a whole other life to study how the alien astronaut
0: theory relates to archaeological formations around the world. A fellow Switzerland native, Giorgio worked as a promoter in bodybuilding for five years in the 1990s. Around then, he read up on Eric's ancient astronaut theory, and it changed the trajectory of his life.
1: Giorgio sought out Eric's mentorship and studied under his guidance. Since then, he has become the director of Eric's Center for Ancient Alien Astronaut Research.
0: Giorgio is now an extremely well-known figure and appears in every episode of Ancient Aliens, including the ones on the Nazca lines. The internet also made him famous, circulating interview stills of him and his surprisingly styled bushy hair.
1: And some might say his hair is as unconventional as some of the ideas he presents. For example, one night in the desert left a specific impression on him.
0: During one particular experience in the 2010s, Giorgio stood outside in Joshua Tree, California, before midnight. He was with 26 other people, and they were attending the Contact in the Desert UFO conference. He peered through his night vision goggles and saw stars inside the Big Dipper that, according to him, shouldn't have been there. But there they were, clear as day.
1: After 10 minutes of watchful observation, the stars began to move. In his mind,
0: they must have been UFOs.
1: The event had a lasting impact. During Ancient Aliens' fifth season, Giorgio appeared in a 2013 episode titled Beyond Nazca that piqued his interest even further into extraterrestrials. This was all the inspiration he needed. Not long after, he set off to make a special episode of In Search of Aliens on the Nazca Lines. He was ready to help prove his friend Eric's theory, that aliens were responsible for the infamous line formations.
0: Giorgio traveled to Peru and met up with author and proponent of the ancient astronaut theory, David Childress. While discussing their beliefs, David and Giorgio came to their conclusion that an ancient civilization couldn't have created the Nazca lines alone, especially one well-known geoglyph referred to as the sun, star, and cross glyph.
1: The image was made up of a variety of different shapes and patterns. It's unclear how much the Nazca people understood about geometry, but Giorgio and David didn't believe that it was enough to make such intricate formations. And remember, the lines were best seen from high up. The Nazca didn't have access to planes to give them aerial
0: views. Giorgio and David went to see the sun, star, and cross carving up close. They met up with two local historians to help guide them.
1: While standing at ground level, the group observed that it was impossible to see the lines' intricacies. Then the local historians explained that the Nazca lines have been a hotbed of unexplained sightings, even to this day.
0: Nazca desert dwellers claimed they saw lights in the sky for years. They even called it the sighting zone. They had no idea what the lights were, but some suspected alien activity.
1: For Giorgio and David, this aligned with another aspect of the ancient astronaut theory. Many other famous archaeological sites on Earth had reported unexplained lights, among them England's Stonehenge and Egypt's Great Pyramid of Giza. The ancient astronaut theory claimed these were extraterrestrial contact points.
0: This furthered Giorgio and David's belief that the Nazca lines were not man-made. Aliens created them. Buoyed by local support, David and Giorgio firmed up their hypothesis, citing a very peculiar phenomenon that occurred during the time of the Nazca Lines.
1: Giorgio and David visited the Paracas History Museum to get an up-close view of some strange-looking skulls. They reportedly came from one of the oldest civilizations in Peruvian history that dated around 600 to 150 BCE.
0: The heads were larger than average and elongated. To the men, they looked like they were made of taffy that had been hung and stretched by gravity.
1: While this definitely seemed odd, non-UFO historians had a pretty simple explanation for the shape.
0: Many ancient civilizations practiced binding infants' heads shortly after birth. Specifically, the Paracas culture tightly wrapped their heads in cloth to reshape the cranium. As for why... Scientists believe longer craniums were symbols of beauty and status.
1: But Giorgio pointed out that the skulls were also missing a distinctively human feature, the sagittal
0: suture. The sagittal suture is the connective tissue joint between the two bones at the top of the skull. In many post-mortem skulls, it can still be seen by the naked eye.
1: But Giorgio and David claimed they couldn't find them in the skulls at the Paracas Museum. For Giorgio, this absence was the proof he needed. The skulls belonged to aliens, which only added more credence to his mentor's theory, that aliens were
0: in Peru when the Nazca Lines were made. Giorgio believed this to be revolutionary news, evidence of an alien race on Earth, and people, in his mind, should be shouting it from the rooftops. He set off to Switzerland to visit Eric and relay his findings.
1: Sitting down with Eric, Giorgio laid out his photos and his conclusions about the skulls. But he didn't have an answer for why aliens would have made the Nazca
0: Lines on Earth. What were they looking for? But his mentor believed he had answers. Eric claimed the clues were hidden in an ancient religion formed thousands of years ago. Coming up...
1: With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Now, back to the story.
0: After leaving Peru in the mid-2010s, TV personality Giorgio sukalos thought he proved that aliens made Peru's Nazca lines. But he didn't know why extraterrestrials made them. So, he consulted his mentor, Eric von Däniken, the pioneer of the ancient astronaut theory. And Eric's explanation referenced the Sumerian culture.
1: The Sumerians lived in Mesopotamia from 4100 BCE until around 1750 BCE. They were an advanced group because they were one of the first to divide time into hours and minutes. Most importantly, their religion revolved around gods called the Anunnaki.
0: They believed these gods were in charge of the Sumerians' fate and the Anunnaki passed judgment on them. Described as children of the earth and sky, some researchers openly wondered if they were possibly more than representations. Some suggested they may have been real and not of earth.
1: Ancient astronaut historians have suggested that the Anunnaki were aliens that came to Earth from another planet
0: thousands of years ago. They posed as gods and forced the Sumerians to mine gold. When the aliens had the resources they needed, they returned to their planet. Eric believed this happened to the Nazca people as well, just thousands of years after Mesopotamia.
1: During his meeting with Giorgio, Eric claimed that these aliens at one point had a mother spaceship in orbit. And every so often, they needed an energy source to refuel. When the lines were made, they picked the Nazca Plane to visit for its resources. Mainly, its gold.
0: While the Nazca Plane isn't a place well known for its gold, there's proof that the precious metal can be found in the region.
1: As we talked about last time, archaeologists Julio Teo and Toribio Mejia Cespe found mummified bodies in the 1920s. They were wrapped in many layers of intricately woven textiles, some of which had golden emblems sewn into the folds.
0: Eric thought many of the lines were created by crafts that the extraterrestrials used to mine for gold. Today, gold is often used to shield spaceships from intense heat, so it's possible that the metal could play a role in the ancient astronaut theory.
1: But Eric didn't believe that the aliens' search for gold was the end of the story. He hypothesized that the Nazca people wanted the aliens to come back, so they made the picturesque biomorph images to show what they could offer them, including monkeys, plants,
0: and flowers. While Eric's theory seemed like an interesting explanation, we need to point out that it was contradictory to everything Giorgio previously believed. While in Nazca, Giorgio was adamant that the ancient people couldn't have made the biomorphs.
1: And yet, his mentor Eric told him that the Nazca made them to lure the aliens back to Earth. It seemed like an odd paradox that Giorgio should have taken issue with but it seems that
0: he changed his mind. As for the glyph that fascinated Giorgio the most, the sun, stars, and cross, Eric theorized that it was a message to extraterrestrial visitors, similar to Stonehenge and other large archaeological formations. It wasn't a coincidence that they're all patterns that can only be seen from above.
1: In the episode of In Search of Aliens on the Nazca Lines, he asked... Why else would these people who have no contact with each other create the same silly designs?
0: To Giorgio, this was all the proof he needed. He had no doubt that Nazca was the site of otherworldly inhabitants.
1: This was Giorgio's answer to the enduring question of who made the Nazca Lines and why. But not everyone agreed. Many researchers felt this theory was not only far-fetched, But it left more questions than answers.
0: Much of Eric and Giorgio's theory counted on the fact that the Nazca people couldn't, or didn't, make the lines on their own.
1: But that thinking didn't take into account what other researchers have already proved. As we talked about last time, in 1976, Dr. Maria Rijka explained precisely how the Nazca people created the lines to such perfection.
0: They prepared smaller versions of what they wanted to make and then split it up into parts to create the infamous final geoglyph. You can even see some of these smaller, drawn-out versions near many of the Nazca lines today.
1: So their main point of contention, that the Nazca people could not have made the lines, had been debunked. It's also important to point out that Raika was a well-known researcher and astronomer while Giorgio is a ufologist, so his elongated skull theory wasn't supported by any expertise or evidence.
0: Giorgio admitted that researchers did have proof that older civilizations used head bindings to change the shape of the skull. However, he said that didn't explain the lack of a sagittal suture in many of the heads present.
1: But anthropologist Christine White gives a straightforward answer for the lack of junction in the skulls. It's quite normal for there to be premature closure of the tissue joint. It can actually go away with age or circumstance.
0: And the most common reason for premature closure was artificial cranial modification. Exactly what the Paracas and possibly the Nazca people did to create the elongated skulls.
1: It's also important to note that, as many actual experts have pointed out, Eric and Giorgio's theory reinforces the old imperialist idea that non-white cultures are inherently less capable. For
0: example, no one questions how the ancient Greeks built the Parthenon or how the Romans perfected aqueducts. But when cultures in Africa or the Americas accomplish similar feats, the reaction is somehow disbelief.
1: So Eric and Giorgio's evidence that an ancient alien race inspired the Nazca Lines was pure conjecture. And nearly a decade after Eric's book was published, an episode of a 1977 documentary series titled The Case of the Ancient Astronauts vilified Eric and his work. It said chariots of the gods and Eric's ideas, quote, rests on inaccuracies, or unrelated
0: facts and false similarities. One striking example was a picture from the book that was said to be a spaceship parking bay on the Nazca Lines. In the documentary, the filmmakers asked Eric if it was fake. In response, he didn't deny the accusation. He said the photo was, quote, simply stimulating the reader.
1: But four decades later, when the reprint of Chariots of the Gods came out, the falsified picture was still there. The book has sold 7 million copies worldwide and even released a special 50th year edition in 2018. But nonetheless, though Eric himself acknowledged it contained falsified information, he remains a true believer in his theory.
0: For him, the proof doesn't always matter. He seems to live under the assumption that we're being watched by aliens right now and they'll be on Earth again in the next 10 or so years. He admits he has no proof, but his faith is unwavering.
1: Giorgio doesn't care what others think or call him. In an interview, he once said, If in this day and age, asking questions means that you're crazy, then I admit I am the craziest of them all.
0: But extraterrestrials aren't the only outlandish theory that is sought to explain why and how the Nazca Lines were made. Some have suggested they were a series of roads, despite the fact that the lines don't seem to connect to anything.
1: Others claimed that they were running tracks for races. One theory even proposed the lines were created in an ancient drug-associated ritual.
0: Some historians knew Peruvians used hallucinogens, even around 600 CE. When analyzed, the region's iconography suggested the Nazca people could have been aware of hallucinogenic plants.
1: As a result, some researchers argued that the lines were created during or after experimenting with hallucinogens. In fact, maybe some of the biomorphs were representative of shaman familiars, an animal bound to a spiritual guardian believed to have supernatural
0: powers. But while there's room for speculation, there's no actual evidence that the Nazca people used hallucinogens, in religious rituals or otherwise. But for one explorer, the question became, could the Nazca people fly?
1: According to modern history books, the first manned, untethered hot air balloon flew on November 21, 1783, with a two-man crew aboard. But American explorer Jim Woodman held a different belief. He thought the
0: Nazca people flew hot air balloons a thousand years earlier. In the 1970s, Woodman decided that these enormous geoglyphs didn't make sense unless the Nazcas could appreciate them from the sky. He argued they wouldn't have gone to such great lengths to make these mystical lines if they couldn't admire them. So they needed a way to somehow soar to great heights.
1: When he looked down at the Nazca lines from an airplane, he was convinced they saw them this way too. So he set out to prove his hunch.
0: Woodman recalled the textile-making skills that the Nazca people had and believed they had the capabilities to make a hot air balloon. He hypothesized that the balloons were used to help construct the lines and for, quote, ceremonial flights afterwards.
1: Before long, Woodman contacted a British ballooning expert named Julian Knott. Together, they set out to recreate a hot air balloon in the Nazca desert to prove it was possible.
0: They made sure to use materials that would have been available to the Nazca people. These consisted of totora reeds, cloth, and rope. They called their completed balloon Condor One. In
1: 1975, the Condor One took flight with woodman and knot strapped to a sling at the bottom. Smoke filled the balloon to help seal the porous materials they used. It also provided the air needed for liftoff.
0: For several minutes, they were airborne, but after reaching 300 feet, they drifted back to the ground.
1: Despite this, they felt they proved their argument. At the very least, the Nazca people could have had the ability to fly, even if not for very long. Woodman wrote about his argument and results in his book, Nazca, The Flight of Condor One.
0: Though the feat was impressive, scholars and historians later pointed out some holes in his theory.
1: Independent researcher Catherine Reese disputed Woodman's claims in an article titled, Grounding the Nazca Balloon. It was published on a site dedicated to discussing and disproving alternative theories for history and science. In the piece, She disagreed that the Nazca people wouldn't have created the lines if they couldn't see them from the air. She asked, if the Nazca people created them for their gods, why would they need to
0: view them themselves? Reese also explained that they could have seen them without the hot air balloons. In fact, as we talked about last time, archaeologist Toribio Cespe discovered them by hiking a nearby hill in the 1920s.
1: Perhaps researchers in the 70s came to this conclusion as well, as Woodman's idea failed to impress the scientific and research community, and it didn't gain much traction.
0: But soon, the most practical theory of all emerged, one that finally held water.
1: Coming up, the Nazca Line's relationship to the desert's most precious resource. Now, back to the story.
0: After the Nazca Lines were rediscovered in the 1920s, countless wild theories about ancient aliens and hot air balloons ran amok. But it wasn't until the late 20th century that theories honed in on the Lines as practical creations.
1: In the 1980s, anthropologist and National Geographic Society explorer-in-residence Johann Reinhardt developed a theory about the purpose of the Nazca Lines. He focused his research on a resource that the Nazca people likely needed most of all,
0: water. He mused that the lines were markers for religious ritual sites centered around water. His idea was similar to archaeologist Torabio Mejia Cespe's labyrinth theory, but laid out a clearer purpose.
1: The Nazca region of Peru is one of the driest places on earth, We know the Nazca people settled in the river valleys of the desert to ensure they had access to water. In such an arid climate, access was always top of mind. Even today, on average, it rains less than four milliliters per year. And sometimes, not at
0: all. Reinhard's inspiration came when he found a modern-day example that seemed similar to the Nazca lines. In Bolivia, 600 miles away, villagers walk along a straight line of stones to a hilltop shrine while dancing and praying for rain. It's one of their sacred rituals.
1: And turns out, the images found in the Nazca Lines have associations
0: with rain. Animals like monkeys and hummingbirds often populated the area's jungles, where water was plentiful. Also, in many South American cultures, spiders are a symbol associated with rain. Not to mention,
1: at some of the large trapezoidal geoglyphs, archaeologists have found seashells and highly decorated ceremonial drinking vessels.
0: Over time, Reinhardt's theory gained traction. Water is obviously a natural resource needed to sustain life, so it seems plausible. But it's not the only hypothesis about the lines that centers on water.
1: The Nazca people made aqueducts called pukios to ensure they had access to drinking water.
0: A University of California's Santa Barbara archaeologist named Katerina Schreiber explored these pukios almost 30 feet deep into the ground. She wanted to know how they were made and concluded that these aqueducts were built at the same time as some of the Nazca lines in the 6th century CE. Also
1: around that period, Nazca had a big drought. So more likely than not, if they were made around the 6th century CE, the lines had
0: something to do with water. A retired high school social studies teacher named David Johnson took this idea even further. In 1995, he started to visit the Nazca region to help the area's impoverished inhabitants find new water sources. Soon, Johnson noticed that a trickle of water still ran through the Pukios. so he asked the villagers where it came from. They were adamant that it came from the Nazca and Inhenio rivers. Johnson was baffled. Many of the ancient
1: aqueducts ran parallel to the rivers. He couldn't understand how they could collect water from them.
0: He knew there had to be an alternative source, so he worked to find one.
1: Ultimately, Johnson concluded that water entered the desert valley through cracks in the bedrock or geologic faults. Those faults collected water as it flowed down from the Andes and then carried it to the Pukios.
0: At first, he didn't consider the Nazca Lines, but once he started locating the sources of the water, he found that they were near the geoglyphs.
1: He recruited the University of Massachusetts at Amherst hydrogeologist, Steve Maybe to help him prove his theory to the world. But first, he needed to prove it to Maybe.
0: Johnson brought Maybe to the top of one of the stony hills in the Nazca Desert. When they reached the top of the hill, he paused and stepped to the side, waving his arm dramatically. The tip of his outstretched finger points to the trapezoid geoglyph in the valley below.
1: Extended from the hundreds-foot-long carving are two perfectly straight lines of stones that reach dark clefts by the peak of one of the Andes. Johnson believed these were geological faults that collected runoff water from the mountains and
0: fed natural underground aquifers. He suspected that these lines were actually a map that traced underground water sources. This
1: convinced Mabee to test Johnson's theory. After all, this was one of the world's biggest mysteries, and a water map felt far more likely than
0: aliens. Maybe took three different trips to Nazca to run experiments. He took samples of water from the rivers, as well as faults and springs in the valley wall.
1: After tests of the water's temperature and salinity, he concluded the water did have different sources. Some of the water seemed to come from the faults in the valley walls and not from the river. And in all cases he tested, the faults were marked by geoglyphs.
0: But like the other ideas we've covered, Johnson's water theory wasn't foolproof. After five years of research by various teams of geologists, the validity of Johnson's hypothesis was met with mixed opinions.
1: Skeptics like Santa Barbara archaeologist Katharina Schreiber pointed out a major flaw in the theory. According to her, Johnson and others had only tried to find data to prove their idea rather than trying to disprove it.
0: In other words, Johnson's theory may have been shaped in part by confirmation bias— but that doesn't take away from the fact that a majority of the Puquios do happen to rest right at or under a river. And they do get their water source from the riverbed.
1: Johnson has since traveled to other locations and discovered new geoglyphs in the Ica, Rimac, Supe, and
0: Casma valleys in Peru. Although there continue to be critics of his ideas and methodology, the data he has collected has been deemed important.
1: So even the most practical of the Nazca Line's hypotheses didn't pass all scientific criteria. But as technology advances, there's a
0: chance we could know more soon. Since 2004, scientists from Yamagata University in Japan have discovered more than 140 new lines in the area. And the recently uncovered geoglyphs were some of the most intricate to date. Some prominent animals include cats, fish, foxes, and snakes,
1: as well as humanoid and abstract objects. Each one varies
0: greatly in size. The longest of the newly unearthed geoglyphs measured over 300 feet, and the smallest one just under 16 feet. But all of them have been dated between 100 BCE and 300 CE, so they're true Nazca lines. The Japanese scientists
1: believe the larger animals have ceremonial importance. They found smashed pottery on the site of the geoglyphs, which could indicate a ritual of sorts.
0: And the smaller figures were located right by paths or on sloped inclines. They were mostly able to be seen from the ground level, which the team took to mean they were trail markers. In 2019, the Yamagata University
1: team used artificial intelligence to help them in their NASCA fieldwork. This AI was able to review satellite images, aerial photos, and laser data. This allowed the team to uncover a new geoglyph, the first found by artificial intelligence.
0: Measuring just 6.6 feet at its widest point, it also happens to be the smallest biomorph the team has found— According to the History Channel, the glyph was so faded and worn away that it likely wouldn't have been identified without their technology.
1: Then, in October of 2020, the team discovered a 120-foot cat-shaped geoglyph. It was barely visible until they spent weeks cleaning the lines to reveal their true shape.
0: The cat has pointy ears, round eyes, and a long striped tail and shares remarkable similarities to images found on pottery from the Paracas culture. They estimated this new glyph could have been made some 150 years BCE.
1: But the cat glyph was in danger of disappearing before they found it due to natural erosion. There have been numerous incidents in recent years that have led to the destruction of the Nazca Lines, one involving the organization Greenpeace.
0: In 2014, Peruvian authorities claimed activists from Greenpeace placed a large sign promoting renewable energy near one of the most infamous geoglyphs, the hummingbird. They intended to draw attention to world leaders that were in Peru for the United Nations Summit
1: but about a dozen activists damaged the grounds in an area of the desert that people are forbidden from entering. Dr. Maria Rica helped designate the area as a World Heritage Site in 1994. The event caused an uproar. Peruvian authorities and the Vice Minister for Cultural Heritage chose not to accept Greenpeace's apology.
0: Now, researchers are working to protect the zone where new geoglyphs have been found. And they're utilizing AI technology for preservation methods as well, to create a map of all of Nazca's geoglyphs. This new information
1: will hopefully help protect the sites from those who may not realize their location from the ground. And it's important to preserve the Nazca lines because there are so many questions that still need to be answered.
0: Hopefully, our understanding will continue to evolve alongside our technology.
1: But until then, the world's largest geoglyphs mostly remain a mystery.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We'll be back next time with a new episode. For more information on the Nazca lines, amongst the many sources we used, we found the article, The Nazca Line Solution, Demystifying South America's Gigantic Archaeological Puzzle by Jack McClintock, extremely helpful to our research. You
1: can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
0: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Nick Johnson, Trent Williamson, and Carly Madden. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Haley Ross, edited by Mallory Cara, fact checked by Kevin Johnson, researched by Bradley Klein, and produced by Travis Clark. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner.